you know, we have a fascination, don't we? And maybe it's more dudes than than otherwise. But like, name me a guy who doesn't love The Godfather, Goodfellas, Casino, Casino Tony great. Soprano. Okay, <laughs> yes. like I don't know what it is, but we are like obsessed or, or enjoy those films about the mafia, the Goodfellas. mob, romanticized by Hollywood, right? But it gets super real. In this awesome piece in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel by investigative journalist Mary Spicuza, it's called My Cousin Was Killed by a Car Bomb in Milwaukee. A mob boss was the top suspect. Now I'm looking for answers. And Mary is in studio with us this morning. Thanks, Mary, for coming. Thanks for having me. And for bringing the Stratinos. Of course. <laughs> you know, you don't have to do that. We had Bison the other day. He didn't bring us anything. <laughs> hey, I'm a nice... Dietrich's been in the house. Nothing from him. I'm Sicilian. I feel like I have to have food, you know? <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Me too, and much appreciated. So, you know, before I get into the whole story, I did want to ask you about this, because this is obviously a deeply personal story for you. Now what I do every day here with Eric is we talk a lot about personal anecdotes or, or things like that that's new to me in radio. But for 25 years in TV, you know, it didn't report about myself. I once did a story about my cousin who ultimately died from ALS when he was still alive. And that was at the height of the ice bucket challenge and, and, and all of that. But that was like the one time where I stepped out and did a story that was kind of about me. This is deeply personal and unlike something you've done before. What a different experience. Really different. Yeah, it was. Did you maybe not want to do it, it was, because of that? It was the biggest, it was the hardest story I've ever done for a lot of reasons. And there were a lot of discussions in the newsroom about how much I should be in it. I said, you know, ethically, obviously, I have to disclose that this is my cousin. It would be unethical not to. But um, I really didn't want to be in every chapter or um, be like this main character in it. I just. I feel like there's so many interesting people in the story. Um, my cousin, his friend Vince, the satin doll, um, people who I was like, hey, I'm boring in comparison to these folks. So I'd rather, <laughs> you know, it's, and as a journalist, you're really trained that you're not the story. Yes, right. And, um, so it was a struggle. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, as a, as a reader, it felt like the right say. amount of you. That's what I was going to say. I, I thought you, you wove yourself in very, very, it was very clean. It was easy yeah. to read. I thought it was a remarkable piece. Just start, And I'm not saying that because you're sitting here. We said that before you got here. <laughs> or because you brought the cookies. <laughs> <laughs> well, the cookies help. But no, uh, I'm not going to lie. About a, Probably about a week before the story published, I was in the newsroom on the weekend trying to fact check from mounds and mounds of documents. And I was sitting there thinking... Maybe I could just call my editor and tell her we should just spike the story. And, like, what would their reaction be? And I then I thought, no, they would probably kill me if I yeah, tried to spike the story. Right now. Put a little bit of time into yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, but I, it was, uh, no, it was the hardest story I've ever done. And um, I, a lot of sleepless nights. And typically I was up often between like 2 to 5 a.m., stewing, haunting the halls, worrying about how my family was going to react, how other people in the community was going to, were going to react. So, yeah, it was, it was not easy. <laughs> back up and fill folks in. We're talking with Mary Spacusa at the Monkey Journal Sentinel. Her piece is about her cousin who was um, uh, your cousin, Augie, whom you didn't know, right, was killed in a car bombing, widely believed to be directed by then Milwaukee mobster Frank Balistrieri. And so that's what the piece is about. You can find it online. It's a fascinating read. I gave it to my 16-year-old son, and he ripped through it in front of me like he was <laughs> gripped by it. But before we get more into that, one other thing that I wanted to ask you about, because we we share a Sicilian heritage. I'm as much Polish as I am Sicilian. But when your last name, when people call you Vinny, really? you know, when your last name ends in a vowel, you know, pretty much you're Sicilian. Yeah. Yes. But 
there is, I don't know how to phrase this to you, like there is sort of a fascination and almost kind of like a, a little bit of pride. And I mean that like in a twisted way, like I've examined that in me, like what would I be proud of? And what your story did here was made this so deeply personal, like real people got murdered on the streets of Milwaukee because of the mafia. And as much as Hollywood wants to romanticize it, like what is that about in us? Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I never saw The Godfather until I was maybe 30 and I was going to report in Sicily and so many people kept saying, you know, like that scene in The Godfather. And I was like, I don't because <laughs> I took it so literally when my dad told me to, you know, don't fall in with the wrong crowd. I didn't see like I, I was kind of this novice where the mafia movies and this whole mafia genre was really like um foreign to me because I just took it very seriously to stay away from that whole scene. And um, so I did not grow up with that romantic ro romanticizing the sure. mafia. Mm -hmm. I think I was scared of them, like deeply scared. We don't talk about Bruno. We don't right? talk Sing about it. We just don't talk about it. And um, and I think you know, and you've probably, if you've ever been to a a family reunion on the Sicilian side, there are so many storytellers, and you know, my uncle John and the uncles would gather around and tell stories but not a word about Augie. And so it was like the one thing I could never ask about. But I, I, it is definitely true that it's romanticized. I think people talk about the mafia as like these men of honor or these kind of Robin Hoods or people who would look out for yeah, other mostly Sicilians. mostly good. They did some bad <laughs> yeah. stuff. Mostly but, they're okay guys. Yeah, it's interesting because when you look at a lot of the victims believed to have been murdered by um, organized crime or La Cosa Nostra or the Mafia or the Outfit or whatever term you're using, it was a lot of Sicilians and Italians who were victims of these crimes. Well, what I didn't, I, I fully admit, like, you know, living in Milwaukee now for a few decades, like the Balistrieri name, like that always kind of popped up, right? And you always kind of knew that. And I, I would imagine that there's a generation below mine that has no idea or didn't realize, like, just the enormity the size of it was there anything like as you went through this where you're like no kidding like just uh, picked up some of the myth that became even larger than you even realized yeah i think what what kind of stunned me um beyond just you know obviously there are um wonderful stories about my cousin which was really great to hear because i didn't we didn't talk about him um and so just hearing about what a kind generous person he was but i will say in the fbi reports um some of them were quite heavily redacted and they would say that um Frank Ballesteri had connections at the police department, and it was known that Blank would um, give him information from police reports, or Blank would help get licenses, or he was seen at City Hall talking to Blank, Blank, and Blank. And I was like, oh, who's behind those? And you're like, <laughs> right. I'd like to fill in some of those blanks, please, if yeah, we could. Right? Yeah, I'd like to fill in the blanks. There are a lot of blanks here. So I think just, um, you know, obviously for a long time there was this perception that Milwaukee was you know, the anti-Chicago, we didn't have corruption here, we didn't have organized crime here, we were, like, too good of a city for that. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I love Milwaukee, it's a wonderful city, but it was not about some corruption, apparently. Sure. Mm -hmm. There's so much else we want to ask you. Can you hang for one, one break? Let of me take course. a quick break here at 822, and we'll be back with more from investigative journalist, reporter for the Milwaukee Journal, Sentinel Mary Spicuza. That's next. Things are okay with me these days. Got a good job, I got a good office, I got a new wife. 826 on Wisconsin's Morning News. In studio with us is investigative reporter Mary Spicuza for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Her recent piece about her cousin Augie who was killed in a car bombing in Milwaukee, widely believed to have been directed by a Milwaukee mob boss at the time. 
Hey, tell, tell us real quick before we get into a couple other follow-ups, Mary, a, a little bit more about Augie. What was it that he was doing that, that caused him disfavor in the eyes of perhaps Frank Balistrieri or others? There are different theories. Um, he was a tavern owner. He was a produce vendor. He also was um, involved in gambling and was apparently really kind of grew his gambling and bookmaking operation. And it sounds like he was quite successful. And I think um, at a certain point, um, it's believed that Frank Balistrieri decided that everyone who was bookmaking in Milwaukee needed to give a cut of uh, their profits yeah, to of that. organized crime. And um, it's, it's believed that he refused um, and, and didn't want to give a, a cut. I don't know if it was 20% or 30%. That's a little d- different in the FBI reports. Um, supposedly, there was also bad blood um, dating back to um, a marriage where a balustrade and a palmazano got married and that kind of festered there was a argument over a shared relative at one point and whether he would bartend for augie or work for his other uncle so i think um there are a lot of things like, going on these movies i know i cracked on them for romanticide but they're pretty accurate in some ways it's also um <laughs> it's also believed that um augie called frank balustrade a name to his face and there was a very chilling quote um that frank uh, reportedly said to undercover agent at Snugs, um, where he said he called me a name to my face, and now they can't find his skin, and said he was arrogant. Um, he also was apparently very critical of uh, attempted car bombing of his best friend about ten months before, and apparently openly criticized um, the attempt on his friend's life. And that was the one where he couldn't drive very fast with the car, right? Like he couldn't push the accelerator, and then they found this package. Yeah, right there in the in the hood of the car, a huge package with like twenty sticks of dynamite and a booster, (laughs) and he pulled over. I think right on, believe it was right on Van Buren at his mechanics on the east side here. So, and uh, they opened the hood and saw like this gray package with wires coming out of it, and uh, the mechanic called the police while uh, Augie's friend ran for his life and was picked up. He was picked up by the FBI agents who were actually trailing him because they thought there would be an attempt on his life, but I think they thought it would be more of a shooting attempt. So they knew that somebody kind of wanted him dead, but I don't think they expected that. Yeah. So what happens, a couple of story, or questions I have about the piece, which is remarkable. You can find it on JS, uh, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, I should say. Um, what's the reaction been? Who have you heard from? Like, what, I, I assume that this has gotten some attention. It has. I've actually been pretty um, overwhelmed, and it's been really um, encouraging, actually, the amount of people who have taken the time to write emails or call or send me messages on Twitter or Facebook, and just really thoughtful, uh, kind people who either knew Augie or got Italian sausages at his tavern or um, knew him. He was kind to someone as a child after their father died and surprised them with a Christmas tree right before Christmas and um, are just really encouraging words or just um, kind words for the piece. So it's nice. I'm trying to write back to everybody or respond to everybody or call everybody back. And uh, so if anybody's written to me, I'm going to get to you. But uh, it's it's been really encouraging. I think as a journalist, sometimes you kind of get used to some hate mail or people who aren't oh, happy yeah. with you. You've maybe gotten those. I don't um, know what no, you're talking about. <laughs> Very popular show. No one has totally any complaints. Awesome. Yeah, so it has been just really, um, I think, really encouraging for the just for the kind feedback. Where are you going with this next, Mary? 
Well, um, we did actually do um, broadcast quality. Um, I was not the one doing the recordings, um, but we did a lot of actually audio recordings of our interviews, some video, but mainly audio. And we're working on a podcast, um, hopefully. <laughs> my my coworker will kill me if we don't do it. But um, just, and it, there's just so much that we couldn't fit into the piece, for example. Um, when Augie Maniachi was, was killed on the east side, um, there was actually a newspaper delivery boy who witnessed the murder and um, the FBI agents uh, put him under hypnosis and he gave a perfect description of a hitman from Chicago. Um, so they were very close to catching some of these murderers. I, I'm going to call them murderers, these hitmen who were hired guns for organized crime. So some of those stories that it was just... It's once you, you don't want the feast to get so long that nobody can get through it, you know, so we had to cut a lot. So hopefully a podcast. Well, the one thing I should mention is that many people argue that Godfather 2 is better than Godfather. So the expectation. There you go. Yes. <laughs> you have to elevate been here. Raised. So you're saying I should watch Godfather 2 then? I've... I think you have to now. Okay. Okay. I gave Godfather gave me nightmares when I finally watched it. And it just made me very, I had this nightmare that I was like this mafia lackey and it was like, kill or be killed. I just don't have a very romantic notion of those guys. Well, so. and bringing it back to my original point, I think that's it was it's important work for that reason, especially as it hits home here in Milwaukee. Yeah, the films are great, and they got some funny lines and, and all of that, but this is real, and here's a person sitting right in front of me who is deeply affected by this, your family, and what you've lived with, and at the end of all of this, we still don't know exactly what happened to Augie. Yeah, we've we've gotten pretty close, and I am waiting on some FBI records about where Nick Montos was in 1977 and 1978. Um, it does sound like they were pretty close. They actually had him in custody multiple times. He was kind of an escape artist. Um, I, I will say I was reading some stories about when he was finally arrested in 78 when he tried to rob um, a Jewish shop owner and called her an anti-Semitic slur and tied her up. She was able to escape and apparently kept a um, baseball bat and was able to really beat him up pretty badly before he was sent to prison. And I think the prosecutor's quote was, hell hath no fury like a Holocaust survivor with a Louisville slugger. <laughs> so regardless of whether he actually placed the bomb, it, it does sound like he was um, certainly involved in at least Vince's attempted bombing. Um, but yeah, so hopefully we'll get some more answers soon. Well, for uh, many reasons, great to see yeah, you. Yeah, we really yeah. appreciate it. It's wonderful work. It's up on JS Online, uh, and uh, last name is spelled S P I C U Z Z A Spicuza. Just look it up there, and uh, really appreciate seeing you. And hey. thanks for the treats as well from Chitinos. <laughs> Thank you. Eat some cookies. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Eight thirty-three on Wisconsin's Morning News.